0: You're listening to The Modern Love Project.
1: We are your hosts, Carly and Simon. Here at The Modern Love Project, we candidly discuss...
0: Romantic relationships.
1: Friendship. Family. Sexuality. Modern parenting. Topical social issues.
0: Let's do this.
1: Simon Shimmy. Shimmy, shimmy, shimmy.
0: Here at the Modern Love Project, we wish to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land in which we are doing the podcast.
1: We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging.
0: When you're ready, spaghetti.
1: Don't give me the gigs, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode six, Expectations.
0: Yay, I'm really excited about this one. It's going to be excellent.
1: <laughs>
0: Look, communication and sex are my two favorite things to talk about. So, really? we're putting these two together in one little episode. So, yes. this is my jam. Come at me.
1: Yeah. Um, before we get into sex expectations, I know you wanted to have a bit of a thank you moment.
0: Yes, yeah, so just on behalf of Carly and I, I just want to say a quick thank you to everyone who has listened so far. It's mm-hmm. been incredibly overwhelming the response. Um, in the first ten days, we had over two hundred listeners, which is Way more than what we're anticipating. Yeah. Um, This never was about the listeners or the followers or anything like that. This is about a bit of a side hustle and um, passion project for the both of us. Yeah. And a bit of a legacy thing as well. And And so, also
1: being there to give people somebody to learn from or chat to helping people i think was the intention
0: for sure and so i just want to thank everyone who has listened so far
1: yeah
0: everyone who's contributed to the q a's who has submitted stories we really really appreciate you taking the time to do that and we hope we've honored your stories and answers in our podcast so far and we'll try to continue to do so in the future so yeah thanks again
1: yes I think we were both a little bit taken by surprise. But Mm -hmm. thank you to everyone that's connected. It's been amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, Back to last week, so episodes four and five, Best Friends for Never. Mm -hmm. We had some feedback after the episode, and I really wanted to jump back and just bring it up because it's, again, something I hadn't thought of. Um, And this person wanted to talk about the impact of having a really transient lifestyle on your friendships. Mm-hmm. So whether that be some examples could be like FIFO yep. or um, being in the army or even mm-hmm. if you're traveling full-time, yep. that in itself, I guess, of having the physical space and I guess time differences as well mm-hmm. can really impact a friendship. So I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. It's a different sure. sort of experience to navigate. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing that this person wanted to talk about was the impact of having atypical children on friendships, You're right. which I think could be a really interesting topic for later, it's something that I certainly don't have a lot of experience mm. in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it made me, listening to this person's story, made me feel really angry and upset that they have had to deal with such, I guess, segregation mm-hmm. because of the needs of their children yeah, and the impact that that has had on having friendships, and also the way that this person has withdrawn or held back from engaging in new friendships. Mm, she, was of, or yeah, she was guarded.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Understandably because of, so, because yeah. she wants to protect our children. Yeah,
1: so. yeah, absolutely. So mm. I think they were both very valid things that we didn't talk about and yeah. certainly something to think about for the future episode. Definitely so something to consider.
0: Yeah, thank you.
1: Peek and pit, Simon. Peek and pit every week. So,
0: other than the overwhelming feedback we've been getting this week, um, I'll use that as my peak. I don't really have a pit, to be honest. It's been It's been a great week. And um, starting off the week, leading with all this amazing feedback from you guys has really just followed through. uh, And I'm feeling good. How about you?
1: um i've had a massive week for like awesome things happening so i had vader's sixth birthday so we did lots of really cool stuff for that Mm -hmm. um i had a friend's birthday last night and we went go-karting lovely (laughs) and that was terrifying but fun Mm -hmm. and the hit of my week is my bestie is moving overseas in a week's time so kind of that's coming up soon so i'm Super stoked for her, but super sad. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Much love to that person.
1: Yes, I know. Let's get into it. Episode six, Sexpectations, aka okay. Communication in the Bedroom. Yes.
0: So we just want to start off by saying that we are discussing this in terms of monogamous long-term intimate relationships. Mm-hmm. So our conversations will be centred around those in that
1: type of situation. Because firstly, it's such a broad topic Mm -hmm. and I think it looks differently being in um, an intimate relationship versus like a new one or just sexually exploring. And also probably because that's where we're both at at the moment, so I Mm. think we can talk to it a bit more clearly.
0: And I know a lot of our listeners are in um, Mm -hmm. long-term intimate relationships and so we would really want to give you guys... The full experience.
1: Yes, yes. I think that's important to note because I don't want to discount other types of sexual experiences. Yeah, but we yeah. will uh, we will address that another day. Mm-hmm. So, sex expectations, sexual well-being blog Volante notes the key to good sex is communication.
0: Surprise, surprise.
1: Um, they wrote, "What does good communication give? Understanding, and what does understanding give? Clarity." Um, Cindy Gallup, founder of Make Love Not Porn, once said, everything great in life and business is born out of great communication. Sex is no different. I love that. I really like that too.
0: Mm. hmm Because it just reiterates the fact that communication is so important in every single aspect of yeah. our lives. Yeah. And sex isn't any different to
1: that. Yeah. I think... So- it's really interesting that we take audit or we plan out things in such excruciating detail like our finances or our career or mm-hmm. our mm-hmm. wedding or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that you necessarily sit down and talk about your sexual needs and desires in that same detail. Yeah. I don't know if yeah. you like, have a book about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just think that um, a lot of people might not have the confidence mm-hmm. or um, the tools to kind of articulate exactly what they want and what they need because yeah. maybe they don't really know. to say, do you Maybe think they, they know really they want know. something different or want mm-hmm. something more. Yeah. They just don't necessarily know what that is. Yeah. And so
1: it's almost. Or maybe almost, they do know.
0: Or maybe they do know. And sometimes it's just easier to kind of keep that to yourself until you're ready to kind of investigate that side of you
1: yeah. yeah it's just made me think as well in terms of communication i wonder what the layer of like male female is in that because i think for me personally the i guess conversation or the stereotype of female sexuality and owning your place in the bedroom mm-hmm. and body image and porn mm-hmm. and all the layers mm-hmm. i think women have got to a place now where it's it's getting to be like, yes, we we have desires and needs and wants in the bedroom. Mm-hmm.
0: I feel like this new wave of feminism as well that has yeah. really contributed to that. And maybe even the whole me too thing has mm-hmm. given confidence to women to say, no, yeah. I want this yes. or no, I don't want that. Yeah, And yeah. maybe, yeah, this is really doing these women justice in the bedroom yeah. and having the confidence to say, yes, yeah. no, this, that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when I was researching into communication, the common themes were desires and boundaries, consent, contraception, and vulnerabilities.
0: Mm-hmm. So when it comes to desires and boundaries, I I love that boundaries is included in there. You know, I yeah. love boundaries. <laughs> I spoke about that in last um, last week's episode mm-hmm. because I think it's super important. Of um, like to let your partner know, your spouse know that this is where the line is for yeah. me. Yeah,
1: and it can be a changing yeah. line
0: can. as well. 100%. 100%. Boundaries change. They ebb and flow. And same with desires. Yeah. You might want one thing this week and next week you've you've done that, been that done that now, let's try something different yeah. or actually that wasn't for me. Yeah. So you move on to the next.
1: Absolutely. Um, consent is a really big one. Mm-hmm. And I suppose when we're talking about long-term relationships, consent looks... There's a, like, different layer to it because it's, I guess, consenting and trying different things as well as consent in participating.
0: I think consent is just as important um, in long-term relationships as it is in one-night stands because Mm -hmm. you're still allowing someone to access your body and be up in your space, whether it's a loved one you've known for years. If they're doing something to you, that you don't like, or they want to do something to you that you're not sure about, consent is still as important and should be respected.
1: And consent links back to what you are saying with boundaries as well. Mm -hmm. Like it's a a ebb and flow, just Mm -hmm. because something was okay one time. Does not mean you're down for it the next time? Exactly. Contraception?
0: Yeah, so we spoke about this in the first couple of episodes. Um, Like we touched on whose job is it to be in charge of contraception and usually it, you know, if a woman is on the pill, it's their responsibility to purchase it, go to the GP, get you know that kind of stuff. And same with condoms. Usually, it's the male. But um, contraception in the realm of long-term relationships is still definitely important because um, you might already have a family, or you're not ready to start a family.
1: Yeah, and so again, it changes with time. It changes of time. So back, time to back to communication well. mm-hmm. and vulnerabilities.
0: Yeah, so this is really interesting vulnerabilities because I think all of us in some aspect, whether um, some people are willing to admit it or not, have anxiety or have some type of vulnerability when it comes to um, sex and intimacy. And I think expressing that to your partner will definitely alleviate that sense of vulnerability and that sense of, of anxiety, so...
1: Yeah, as you were talking about that, I was kind of thinking about myself and having vulnerabilities. Mm -hmm. And I've probably gone down the, pardon the pun, the route of being Uh, (laughs) more more and more comfortable as a relationship has progressed. Mm -hmm. Um, But vulnerabilities for me after having children was around the differences in what my body looked like and felt like, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. how it was operating because it was nourishing children yeah. as well as recovering from pregnancy. So, yeah, I, yeah that just occurred to me as like vulnerabilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, after throwing kids in the mix.
0: Yeah, but I think when we talk about vulnerabilities, I think, um, like I mentioned, if you just swap out that word for anxieties, it'll probably look the same. Yeah. Um, but in terms of vulnerabilities from a male perspective, I, I can't speak for every male, but other than like, you know, performance anxiety, mm-hmm. we too have vulnerabilities around self-image and what we look like and our bodies change over time. Like I'm not as, you know, fit in a French chicken <laughs> as I was even five years ago. Um,
1: yeah. When do you think the vulnerabilities i don't want to throw blame but do you think there's a lot to be said for what is portrayed socially the fact that we share all the highlights of our lives and what we look like in Mm -hmm. our relationships Mm -hmm. on our socials the fact that sex is portrayed i guess one way in movies another way in porn but there's definitely themes of the way people perform and look and are engaged in sex. And, yeah, Mm -hmm. do you think that's where these things stem from? I think
0: it completely stems from um, socialisation and, you know, what's expected of us and our bodies, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, what's portrayed in media, social media, TV, film, for sure.
1: Yeah, and the narrative for girls versus boys yes that's totally unrealistic so i know for me growing up i was always like oh there's gonna be that one guy and it's gonna be like flowers and candles Mm -hmm. and he's gonna love me and Mm -hmm. then versus the porn side Mm
0: -hmm. porn is entertainment not education
1: I like that. I just, I have you not heard but that before? No, but as a woman, I guess guys, I would say, are more inclined to be looking at that as their, that sort of shapes.
0: Sometimes it's their first exposure to yeah. sex is through pornography, which is super damaging yeah. to the male psyche, but yeah. also the women's psyche when well,
1: exactly. Because I'm like, I, I might not be able to do that. I might not look like that. Mm. I you don't, don't be able to know, know that, put that it's necessary behind your le-
0: behind your head, <laughs> you know? <laughs> no,
1: probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's setting unrealistic expectations, which leads to these vulnerabilities. I mm.
0: think. For sure. And I think, um, God, I could talk about that because it's ages. Yeah. But when it comes to thinking about... (laughs) (laughs) Stop it. it. Um, Heterosexuals versus um, anyone that's queer Mm -hmm. or identifies as LGBTQ+. Yeah. um, Intimacy and sex and communication would look completely different as well especially for someone that's gender fluid or if you're trans or even if you're asexual. So asexual is someone who has no sexual desire.
1: Yeah. Um, And I don't know, being heterosexual in my experience, I feel like maybe these, the queer spaces and the ones you just listed are maybe underrepresented in what we see um, mm and what we're exposed to.
0: Mm -hmm. I think I can only speak for myself because um, up until I was 25, I ex- exclusively um, only had sexual relations with uh, straight females. Mm-hmm. Um, and after 25, I chose to explore, yeah. and go adventuring. and so adventuring. I feel like, <laughs> I, feel like <laughs> I feel like I've been around the block a few times, but a few different blocks, okay. you know.
1: Journey from the block. Journey from the
0: block. Or oh, sorry, Ben Affleck from the block. Ooh. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> um, I, so when it comes to vulnerabilities and communicating them, it's gonna look different from person to person, from, like depending on their sexuality, gender.
1: I have a question for you. I don't know yes. if this is something you feel comfortable sharing. It oh asking. no, do
0: it. This is the time and place.
1: <laughs> when we talk about your experience and vulnerabilities, yeah. going from sleeping with one gender to mm-hmm. then the next, mm-hmm. which looks feels is completely different, and obviously your experience, your level of experience is different. Yeah. We did you have vulnerabilities linked into that you were sleeping with like a, a completely different, different gender? gender?
0: Well, it's really funny because I when I was first okay adventuring, first adventuring, the yeah, I um I was confident I, okay. I like even though I was sleeping with someone who looked completely different to what I was used to yeah I was so like amped up and excited about trying something new
1: yeah that
0: I kind of didn't really have any reservations of okay. vulnerabilities. Okay. I was just like I'm ready for, for change let's, okay let's, let's, let's do this It's um, really
1: interesting
0: yeah but every person is different like How many people do you know that identify as bisexual, and how many people do you know identify as pansexual, which is Mm -hmm. what I would most identify with? So, i come with probably a very unique perspective.
1: Yeah, sorry, let's not assume that everybody knows what pansexual is. Oh, okay. So,
0: So... so for those playing at home, pansexual is someone who is not attracted to, to the gender mm-hmm. of the person. They're attracted to the personality person. or the I person. So, so it's giving me... this, And this goes back to vulnerabilities, I guess, because I do have that mindset and I do identify with that. Um, I've always had um, that confidence in me to mm-hmm. be able to participate in a range of sexual experiences yeah. with a range of different people yeah and be be cool with it you know
1: that's so awesome mm. i love i wouldn't identify i wouldn't say i identify as pansexual i would mm. say that i am well i'm married now but i'm open to meeting i would be open to falling in love with a woman or having a sexual relationship with a woman if i was single or in a place
0: mm-hmm.
1: to be able to do it mm-hmm. but I haven't met somebody that I would want to do that with yeah That's but that's not to say there's not someone out there yeah so I find
0: that super interesting and that's the that's that was my mindset for the first 25 years of my life mm-hmm. that like yeah I love women and I'm attracted to women and I've always thought like oh I'll marry one and have kids and yeah. blah, blah 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 but I was always open to the fact that the person I spend the rest of my life with might not be a woman yeah but I kept <laughs> I that, that Started me open, and now here I am, like married to a man. And
1: most amazing man. He's wow. pretty great. He's pretty great. What a journey that was from vulnerability. yeah. So did we?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did we kind of go off track a little bit there? Now, vulnerabilities definitely encompass all the things that we just spoke about.
1: Yeah. Just um, yeah. Sure. Yeah, that's a nice little yeah. Write, let's write that up. Yeah. Okay. So, sex expectations—the three categories. You actually came up with these categories, and you came up with them like straight off the bat, which I was very impressed with.
0: Yeah, well, I did do a bit of research, and I just took um, some mental notes of what came up most frequently yeah. Yeah. in terms of the issues. <laughs> oh, <sorry. laughs> no, pardon the pun. God, there's gonna be so many puns! Oh my God, is... so
1: many puns! Uh, okay. Um, so what? came up in your research <laughs> <laughs> so
0: the three categories or um the three types of situations that occur in the bedroom that kind of cause conflict yep. the most would be frequency mm-hmm. um, so how, how often, often you're having sex yeah the variety so mm-hmm. the type of sex that you're having yeah and intensity so when i say intensity i kind of mean like passion
1: what i just a little side note i found it interesting when you sent those to me you didn't write passion you wrote lack of passion
0: Ooh. Ooh. okay (laughs) all right well i guess like you can't suffer from too much passion can you so, so I don't know. I'm sure there's people. I'm sure there's like, <laughs> For me personally, it's no. too passionate It's passionate. Just
1: tone that passion down. If
0: there is someone out there listening <laughs>
1: who has had too
0: much, too much passion about you, please let me know. So I'd love to hear from you and your experiences. So, right. so I got three, three categories. Yeah. So there are three categories: frequency, <laughs> variety, Intense. and intensity. Cool.
1: Cool. Should we dig into frequency? How often?
0: Yeah. So thank you to the people who participated in our poll on Instagram. Yeah. Um, The poll included the question, what's your biggest issue in the bedroom? Um, and we Categories. had variety, intensity, frequency, and just communication in general. So four options. Mm-hmm. And the one that uh completely overtook all of the others by far. It was
1: over half of was the,
0: the yeah. biggest issue that you guys identified with is frequency. So how often?
1: Yeah, which you were surprised by. I was
0: surprised by because you were not mm. and I'll tell you what I I was surprised Please because don't. I just thought that a lot of people would not mind the frequency but would rather the variety or the intensity. Um, so, as long as it's, I guess, good sex, mm-hmm. then they don't really care if it's not very often. But if
1: you're having good sex once a year. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You look, look. Yeah. okay. I, obviously,
0: there's over fifty percent of you who disagree with me. And so. yes. um,
1: I think uh, without giving too much away, but looking at the, I guess, demographic of our listeners and mm-hmm. the age categories, and not to stereotype anyone, but I think probably where they are in their lives, mm-hmm. the contributing factors there would be, you know, time, career, children. Mm-hmm. Uh, just being tired, meeting your own demands, and your work schedule. Yeah. yeah, I think all of those massively impact the mm-hmm. frequency with which you. But
0: also, how long you've been with your partner, I yeah. guess. like As time goes on, does it become less frequent? Mm-hmm. Um, and sounds like a lot of people feel that way.
1: Yeah, well, for me, I have two children, and that certainly shifts. I guess, your relationship in general Mm -hmm. and massively impacts on your time. Mm -hmm. Um, We co-sleep and have co-slept from the beginning, so that adds in another layer as well. What we found, linking back to communication, is um, making sure that we made it a priority. Mm -hmm. And as much as you and I were talking about this earlier, sometimes scheduling sex is not the sexiest thing. But if the alternative is it's not factored in, it's not made to be a priority, you might not get to do it at all. Yeah. So I think for me personally, making sure that we're like, yep, you know, we're definitely committing to doing this in this many times in this Mm -hmm. whenever. Yeah. Kind of like meet you at better o'clock tomorrow. Shifts your focus, I think, and you're both committed to helping it and then once you can get past I guess the scheduling side of things Mm -hmm. um you just feel so much closer and yeah
0: yeah and even if you do have to schedule it then you're still setting aside time for yourself yeah and while it might while the sex might not be spontaneous
1: yeah you have
0: your window of not only being intimate but also having one-on-one time yeah having discussions, personal, you know, yeah. personal conversations mm-hmm. about your needs, wants, you're putting yourself, you're putting aside time mm-hmm. for not just the sex, but those things. Yeah, well. and I think, I
1: don't know, later on, but since you brought it up, mm-hmm. the intimacy that comes from having sexual relations, yeah. sex relations, sex. <laughs> yeah, because sometimes it's not
0: about the sex, it's about the closeness. about yeah. spending time together. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And we do... There's a listener story coming up Mm -hmm. at the end of the episode. We'll talk about sex versus intimacy and what it looks like. So we will will cover that.
1: Do you have anything else to add to frequency?
0: If I'm reflecting on my own situation Mm -hmm. as someone who is freshly married Mm -hmm. um, and been together for three years, married four Mm -hmm. months, you'd think that would be it like rabbits, and the thing is, with uh, my husband's work schedule, he works 60 to 70 hour weeks, yeah, and we uh, work
1: opposite
0: times a lot, of time. yeah, a lot of t- yeah, that's over a seven day roster, so mm-hmm. a lot of the time we work opposite schedules, um, and so we have to schedule in time,
1: Yes. Yeah, so we, we, we just we just we have put in a um, parent. Don't listen to this. (laughs) 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 Sorry, mum and
0: dad. Sorry. No,
1: I think there's something like really valid in what you said that I wonder if the longevity of your relationship impacts on the frequency mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. yeah but like, and surely chemically there'd be things that happen in the beginning of a relationship yeah. first once you've been together
0: yeah david and i have been in a honeymoon phase for the first three years yeah but that was because time allowed us to be yeah but now that david's work schedule has picked up a lot and it's not going to improve anytime soon mm-hmm. we've, we've had to factor that into our lives and that and part of our lives was sex and we have to accommodate accordingly. I know yeah. and like you said, I know it's not the sexiest thing to yeah, schedule no, in time. It's so not. But at least you're getting that time.
1: Yeah.
0: And at least you're getting that closeness. And like to yeah, to be honest and I love my partner would not change an absolute thing. Yeah. But to be honest, I I wouldn't say I struggled, but I really yeah. had to kind of change my mindset about sex and what it looks like. For us now moving forward with his new work schedule and me, like I'm working more as well. Yeah. So I really had to kind of dig deep and kind of like, this is the situation we're in. This is the way it's going to have to. At the moment. This is the way it is. It's not going to be a forever thing. Like our time will come again. And I think that's a really good thing that you just said is that this doesn't have to be a forever thing. Yeah. just because this is the way it is now. I'm wondering as well if there's an
1: element of priority. When we're looking at frequency and different sexual drives and then your priority, like if it's not, like if you were to list all the things that you have to do on your day, Mm -hmm. would having sex with my partner be on the same place in your list as in theirs?
0: I think that'd be a really great exercise for people (laughs) at home Mm. to do with their partner. Like, make a list of priorities for the day Mm -hmm. and what you need to get done or want to do. Yeah. Compare it to your partner. Is it
1: even on your
0: list? Is it even on your list? Is it even on theirs? Where does it fall? Yeah. And that would be a great, like, a really great conversation starter if you struggle with frequency. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Love Love. it. All right. So, the second category? Variety. Variety.
0: So, trying different things. Do you want me to talk through this? Yeah, you so, can.
1: I'm probably going to say his last name wrong. <laughs> Justin Lemilla. He's an author of Tell Me What You Want. Um, and his research revealed the fantasy categories. So when we are speaking variety, these categories include multi-partner sex, rough sex, novelty and adventure, voyeurism and fetish, fetishes, mm-hmm. non-monogamous sex, deeper emotional connection and gender fluidity
0: yeah so i think when it comes to variety and communicating that you want to try different things it's i guess what i was saying before like you might be ready to try something new but you might not know what it is yeah but at least having that conversation with your partner and being like hey i want to try something different not sure what though yeah have you got any ideas because that person because your partner might have something in mind yeah that could be a really good jumping off point yeah into trying something new if you are someone who is wanting to spice things up in the bedroom mm-hmm. and you're after some ideas um Gwyneth Paltrow's goop I know we referenced her last week as well yeah but she has a Netflix series called sex love and goop
1: really? and it goes
0: into um sex and intimacy in long-term relationships and how to um, overcome conflict of needs. Right.
1: So I think that's a
0: really good reference point if you're someone who is ready for trying something different, yeah. not sure how to go about it, not sure what you want, what your partner might want, and you've got a spare 50 minutes at home.
1: I might that out.
0: Yeah, watch it because it'd be super beneficial and it'll give you the potentially confidence that you need to have this conversation with your partner.
1: I think me talking variety, the first thing for me would be actually looking at myself of like what I want to do and having that honest conversation with myself before mm-hmm. talking to my partner. Yeah. Um, I think
0: it's also uh, important to note that when it comes to variety and trying different things, there's always been in our culture that it's almost taboo. Yeah, in wanting to try something other than traditional intercourse, and it's hard, probably as a woman as well. I'm That's like already to heard of. They
1: have to mm. jump over, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. That like, you know, potentially a lot of us could be stuck in that mindset. Like, oh, I'm not supposed to like something mm-hmm. else. I'm not supposed to want something different. Mm-hmm. Well, actually. You are. You're a human being. Yes. We will have different wants and needs, and this is yours. Yeah. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that.
1: Yes. So I'm not going to go into detail out of respect for my husband, but what I will say when we're talking around... How long have we been together? My gosh. Where's my friend Jenna when I need her? She always tells me. I think we've been together 15 years. Mm -hmm. Um, So quite a long time. And I think... When we're being – I noticed for myself when I was being really honest with what I wanted and communicated that and made that a safe space to talk about, then that allowed him to do the same thing and it kind of almost opened the door for – Okay, well he felt safe telling me this, so now I feel safe to do this. it had like a snowball effect of mm-hmm. just like the first conversation is the hardest, I think. Yeah, for sure. When you create that safe space to be like, Oh, actually this is what I'm wanting to try. How mm-hmm. do you feel about that? And then it gets reciprocated, then yeah. I fucking love that. Yes. Like well, hell, I liked it too. Hell, hell, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really
0: did. Like hell to the yes to that, like creating a safe space. Yeah. Not just for you, but for your partner as well yeah. to be open.
1: And do you know the biggest hurdle for me was not talking to Sean about what I wanted. It was what you said. It was being honest with myself about what I wanted to do.
0: Uh-huh. Mm. Yeah, for sure. And I think if you really dig deep and really look into yourself and think about what you want your sex life to look like... Mm-hmm. I think you'd be quite surprised in how honest you think you're being with yourself. Yeah. And of course it'd be hard to express that to your partner, i be honest with you, yeah. like being honest to your partner because it's almost like, oh. Well
1: there's almost, it felt like an element of like holding back and then I was like why mm. am I holding back? Like mm-hmm. what the fuck am I waiting for?
0: Mm-hmm. For sure.
1: Yeah. Um, do you have anything else to add to variety? Nah, no,
0: I've, okay. I've said what, you well, know, you need what I needed to, say. Need to just say about that one. That was part one of expectations. Next time, we'll be talking about the third category of sex, which is intensity. We'll also be talking about how to navigate mismatched expectation or needs and how to communicate those expectations. Stay tuned for the next episode, which will be coming out next week. Thanks, guys.